Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und die Spotzen macht das Tor. Trist ist wieder da. Röser ist da. Für Rausch. Der setzt an zur Flanke. Da kommt der Ball. Tor, 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 We welcome you to another edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. Your home for all things second division German football. I'm your host, Matthew Karagic. It is a pleasure to have your company once again. The international break is upon us, but that doesn't mean that we won't have you covered for all things Spider Bundesliga. On today's episode, we'll be taking a look at all the action from match day five, maybe a little bit of transfer chatter along the way, and answer your topic questions. Joining me for today's episode, back from her illustrious trip to Portugal, the wonderful, the lovely Eva Lotti Bowl. Eva, how are you doing? Glad to be back. Thank you. How are you? I am good. Uh, I'm always good when uh, Nulfia are taking victories, as we did in the most amazing fashion. But this is not about Schalke Nulfia. That's not that kind of podcast. It is a Spider Bundesliga podcast. And we shall get underway with our Match Day 5 review. And that starts at the Volkspark Stadion as Hamburg hosted Hanover 96. And it was a dominating display by the Red Shorts. Three goals to nil for them. Sonny Kittel opening the scoring, continuing his excellent, excellent form since joining on a free from Ingolstadt. David Kinsombi scoring his his first goal in Hamburg colours and a moment of pleasure and joy for many fans of Hamburg and around the world, seeing Bakri Yatta scoring his first Haasvar goal for the season. I'm actually tearing up as we speak because I can't control it. Um, an amazing moment. He scoring and then moments later coming off to a rapturous reception standing ovation um an unbelievable thing and i think dita hacking he summed it up very well um he said the way bakri has handled the situation is sensational uh you could see that the team and the whole stadium were just so happy for him i think you could write a film on how it all happened today it was a, a special moment either and i think we we both agree um not only the result was great, but that moment uh, pretty much summed up what was a perfect uh, afternoon for Hamburg. Yeah, we said it before. I think I do like Haswell's dis- display this season. Um, they play really, really good football. I like their way of playing. And uh, it was a deserved win. I think Hanover said it afterwards as well, why, although it wasn't all clear with the Yatta thing yet, uh, that they wouldn't say anything about it uh, before the DFB or the DFL because they lost because ASV was just the better team and you could really see it. Um, things that were missing last season, the joy of playing football, the joy of attacking, it's all back this season. And I like for Yatta, it's good that everything is over now, that from the officials, it's clear Bochum... Karlsruhe and Nuremberg all resigned from their charges, so that's a very good good day for Hasfal. Hundred percent, and a good thing for Yatta as well. And and as you you said off air, um, that Stefan Kunz wants to bring Yatta potentially into the under twenty one setup, which would be another sort of really good story. But he's played some really good football for Hamburg um, this season, and 
and it would be almost well deserved, I'd think, if he if he was to get the opportunity to play at a at a level uh, such as that. Um, from Hamburg, we'll go to Bielefeld. They hosted Greuther Fürth. This game ended two two. Armenia made it quite hard for themselves um, in the early stages. They gifted, we'll say, gifted the opening goal to Branimir Hergota to get his first goal for De Kleeblatt. Uh Harvard Nielsen scored the second. Um, some interesting defending, you would say. Uh, then um, Bielefeld ran the gauntlet. Uh, Fabian Close scoring his third goal of the season. Sean Simon Edmondson getting the equaliser on 62 minutes and, and, and probably had the chance to win the game from there and reverse the uh, the fixture from last season, who could forget. Um, but I would say either the opening 20-odd minutes would have been enough to rip all your hair out for a Bielefeld, but I guess you'd be happy in a sense that you didn't drop any points. The point. Yeah, I'm also happy I was at work those two hours of- Though there were plenty of people chatting about that game. Um, I honestly don't know what they were doing in the fourth, first like 20 minutes or so. It's For me, I do understand their way of playing those backwards and building up the game from there. But everyone that looks at this scene sees where it goes wrong. Um, like I just hope they learn from that. They, Especially the young players like people like Nielsen they look at it again they see okay this shouldn't happen again it's fine at the beginning of the season and we're at a state of mind where we can get back to goals but it won't always be that easy so we really have to take a look there and also looking at defending free kicks (laughs) don't know where our defense was if they weren't awake yet but that shouldn't happen either um in the end, I think it's a deserved draw. It wasn't a bad football game at all, but um, I think not really a game which deserved a winner. Yeah, I know Stefan Lado was quite happy with the result in the end. Um, leaves a lot, I guess, to be desired for Bielefeld. You know, they, if they hadn't given up a couple of soft goals, it might have been all three points for them. Um, Stuttgart, the Monday night fixture, is our next port of call. Uh, they hosted Bochum, and it was a 2-1 win for Stuttgart. The opener from Daniel Dadavi, an absolute beautiful goal. Uh, absolute highest of quality finish from him. Uh, Silvery Gamvula continues his good goal-scoring form for Bochum. Uh, but Nicolas Gonzalo, once again, coming off the bench to score the win- the game-winning goal. Stuttgart moving up to second in the table. Uh, Bochum comp- compounded to second to bottom into the international break. Um, either it's uh, high tide for them, for, for Bochum. Weirdly enough, we're, it's, we're recording this on a Wednesday morning and we still haven't got any news as to who will be the new Bochum head coach. They were lively, but uh, it was always going to be a tough game for them to get a result. Well, as you said, I thought they were better than against Wien, for example, which was needed um, I think in in certain ways they did, had good good way of attacking especially with uh, Ganvula and Jordi Osei up front that was some good ways but 
they were giving up their chances very, very easy, especially in the first half. Um, and as is that beautiful finish by the Davi, I think uh, that was the point where Philip Kleeman finally arrived uh, at Stuttgart, you could say, with, with that cross. Um, yeah, Stuttgart just has the quality to turn a game like this around or to, to decide it um, for their sakes. So, yeah, Bochum has really tough times ahead. It's going to be interesting who takes over. I now heard that maybe um, Butcher can take it over, maybe in some ways if the DFL changes a rule. I'm not quite sure about that yet. Um, I did like them better under Butcher than under Dutt in, in the last couple of weeks, but that just might be the first game under him. He has some other way of playing. But yeah, tough times for Bochum. They do need a new coach to really get into business with him now. He should be uh, coming in this week at last. So we all will looking forward to that. Yeah, and they so desperately need... A direction. Uh, what I find interesting is the on the deadline day they didn't do a whole lot. They've added another striker in uh, Manuel Winsheimer from uh, from Hamburg. I'm surprised they didn't add defensively. It's been the Achilles' heel by far this season. Uh, Dominic Baumgartner was sent on loan to Wolfsburg in the uh, Austrian Bundesliga, the other Bundesliga. Um, so yeah, they're doubling down on what they've got and, and they're hoping that it will get them through. But there is some worries and concerns that if they can't get it fixed, whether they keep Heiko Butcher or um, they bring in someone else, uh, it might be a worrying season for them. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll head to our Group 2 games on the other side of the break with Osnabrück hosting Karlsruhe. Osnabrück is our first destination for our Group 2 games. They hosted Karlsruhe, and unlike last season where Karlsruhe took both matches in the ties, Osnabrück were commanding, dominant, and it was a really strong home performance. Three goals to nil for them, Marcos Alvarez scoring twice, and Just van Aken, of course, on loan from Sheffield Wednesday, getting the third in the battle of the promoted candidates. Um... Eva, of course, Osnabrück is uh, a team of probably not higher echelon for uh, the Bielefeld fans, but um, a very, a very, a very impressive performance from them. Um, they seem to have really um, adjusted to life in the Spider Bundesliga. Yeah, I was really positively surprised by their performance. Although you have to say that Karlsruhe were nearly did nothing in that game. The, that was horrible defending. So easier for, for Osnabrück. But um, we said it before, Osnabrück seems to be the most stable stable yeah, side in the upcoming teams. Um, they, they do show, especially at home, very good performances. If we look back at the 4-0 against Darmstadt, um, it shows that everyone can beat everyone in this league, you could say. And yeah, it's it's good to see that they yeah manage everything so far. Of course, we're still at the beginning of this season. This has um, nearly 
not much saying yet, but it's good not to start like Wien in this season. Yeah, they've um, they have figured it out early, but of course it is a long season. It is not a sprint; it is a marathon. But um, you know they've ended, they've headed into the international break really well with um, two wins and a draw, and the two home wins have been utterly dominant. So certainly turning the uh, the stadium under Bremer Brooker into a bit of a fortress and uh, certainly a place that it may be difficult for certain teams to pick up points. Dresden is our next match. Dinamo hosted St. Pauli. Whew, what a game. This game, this is the second three-all draw in consecutive weeks for the Spider Bundesliga and is the second time that the team away from home has held a three-goal lead and has failed to pick up all three points. Uh, it was a dominant early display from St. Pauli Dimitri, in the first half. Dimitrius Diamantakos scoring twice. Vladimir Sabota was the tactical switch for uh, Christopher Conte. Uh, he also scored. Mats Molodaly assisted on all three goals. And then um, Dresden finding their way back through Yanis Nikola. He scored twice in the space of 12 minutes. Found a way to get sent off with a really nasty tackle uh, on Conte. And then Musakone, the substitute... Um, who has fallen out of favour. He was given a chance to rescue, and he did so, and how. Although many evil would question the uh, the goalkeeping by Robin Himmelman uh, to give up the third goal. Not particularly necessary for him to be out there. Um, and yeah, when they had the advantage, the man advantage, uh, really bad goal to concede. Yeah, when I uh, was... Looking at the highlights yesterday again, and um, I forgot a bit that Dynamo was one man down. And as you said, I have really no idea what Himmelman is doing in that situation. If he runs towards the player, he really has to tackle him and not just stand there. Um, that does nothing to Musa Kone. And yeah, that was really, really poor. I did like St. Pauli's display in the first. Um, yeah, 30 minutes or so. That was really good football, something you were missing under Jos Luukaifu a bit. Um, but yeah, horrible second half. Uh, you just should bring that home. Uh, one thing I want to mention as well is once again, um, we have to speak about the Dresden fans, I think. Uh, I, I think everyone knows in in Germany at least that there is a huge rivalry in some ways. Uh, um, between Dresden and St. Pauli fans because you have considerably left wing for St. Pauli and some right wing people at Dresden. I don't want to say everyone. That's something I want to point out here. I do feel sorry for the Dresden fans who just in the stadium want to watch their team and they just get dragged into it. But if you haven't seen that, they're like horrible posters, really, really homophobic posters and sexistic posters uh, hanging up the the Dresden Wall and like a Germany flag that is associated with the Pegida party and um, yeah I was also a bit, bit disappointed by the Dresden statement afterwards so we living in times where it's normal to just racially abuse people and players again and that's not good yeah it, it was quite distasteful of course all the stuff that's happening in uh, in Italy with uh, Cagliari which is uh notoriously known for racially abusing black professional footballers it's um 
yeah, we do live sometimes in horrible times, and it's always a minority who of people who ruin something so great like football and 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 put other people in the mud like that so that's quite a shame our last group two game was in nuremberg they hosted heidenheim this game ended all square at two a game which nuremberg led and had control of for the vast majority uh but couldn't hold on nikola dovidan of course uh, against his former club he scored uh, the opener, Johannes Geis, with another contender for goal of the season. It seems like the goals that he wants to score are all bangers. Um, but then they allowed Heidenheim to get back into the game. Nicholas Dorsch with a really good goal on 82 minutes. And then uh, Stefan Schimmer, who was a signing from Unterhaking in the summer, he gets his first goal <clears throat> for Heidenheim. Either uh, you can't help but feel this is a game that... Um, Nuremberg have dropped here in control for vast majority of it um, and to not come away with all three points at home against the Hyde Knights time that hadn't been particularly good this season uh, must be very disappointing. Yeah, but on the other hand, I can't look past that. If you if you looked at the Heidenheim side last year or last season, they always had those games where the other team were the considerably better team, but they don't need a lot of chances to score. And that was the same in this game. They like they can easily equalize a game like this. And as a side that's already struggling, that already gave up three points twice now after being 2-0 up, I think, for, for Nuremberg, um, it's really, really bad. And you should look at it. I... Don't really know what uh, Nuremberg is doing here. It it doesn't matter how how much possession you have if you don't do anything with it, especially just rely on on your goal like goalkeeper for example. It's not good, and they should probably yeah. Sh- uh, sorry, uh, losing my words here. Look for someone. I don't know, maybe offensively, I have no idea, but for something in the transfer window, I was a bit disappointed by that. Yeah, they didn't add to what they already had. They did let uh, Federico Palacios leave to Jan Regensburg, and we'll talk about them in just a moment. We'll stay with Heidenheim just before we head to our next break. Um, They have added in the transfer window a centre-forward, Tim Kleinitzt, from Freiburg, the 24-year-old has been on loan there previously. Uh, that is a buy, but someone very familiar to the Armenia fans and potentially the Ingolstadt fans as well, Konstantin Kirschbaumer. He joins Heidenheim uh, after being sent to the abyss that is Ingolstadt. Uh, he returns to the Svater Bundesliga. Um, so for the Heidenheim fans listening, Eva, give them maybe a little bit of insight at what player they are getting uh, from the Austrian central midfielder? Well, I think I, everyone in Armenia is a bit sad that he doesn't come back to Armenia. But, um, well, I think you get someone who's really good in building up what, uh, at least he was when he still played for Armenia. He lost that a bit playing for Ingolstadt. But he's who's really good in quickly building up a game from every point the pitch but also he is 
certainly good at scoring himself. Uh, he's good at giving assists. Uh, he's very quick. So at least, again, that was something he was when he played for Mania that season. He, I was very disappointed by his display for English that I think it was just not the right team for him. Um, it's good to see him back in the Bundesliga. He is a good player. I hope he gets back on his game, although maybe not in two games against us. That would be great. Thank you <laughs> for good old times' sake. No, uh, but um, yeah, it's a really good signing. I would like to see how much Ingolstadt wanted for him in the end because mm. I'm sure it's has it's something between one or two million because they bought him for like 1.5. Brand foot, but yeah, he, he lost a bit of his quality. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, and I think that summed up Ingolstadt's season. He is also wearing the number 27, which, if I'm correct, that's what he wore at Armenia. So maybe that's a sign that he's going to be particularly <laughs> good. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, don't go anywhere. Um, we'll get our group three games underway in just a moment. Our Group 3 games start in Kiel. They hosted Erzgeberger Hour on the Sunday. This game ended a goal apiece. Jan Holscheid scoring just after the interval. Lee Jae-Song continuing his good form, uh, equalising on 73 minutes. Of course, this was our first game with Dirk Schuster at the helm. A good point for them, considering they've never won at the Holstein Stadion. Um for Q, a lot to be desired with their performance Eva it was it took them a while to get into the game and and maybe some would say they were fortunate to get a point in this one yeah well I think if you if you look especially at the first half both sides had very good chances to to take the lead um but yeah I think both teams are really missing kind of self-confidence this season. Um, Kiel isn't really convincing so far, I would say. They do what has to be done, but not particularly good. Um, yeah, for our it was just important not to lose. But, um, yeah, they should have looked a bit better in in the second half from time to time. I think it was especially looking at Lee. Um, he's always good yeah, for scoring. They weren't really good in defending him. The end, it was a deserved draw, I would say. I will say, though, that Auer had some really high-quality opportunities to, to get. They obviously had, had a penalty in this game as well, which uh, Dmitry Nazarov missed, which was well saved by uh, Dominic Riemann. Um yeah, I think they were fortunate to get a result here. Holshot had another chance um, as well. So, yeah, I think our could have, like, they'll be, it's a good building block for them. But they'll be in the same tone, a little bit disappointed they couldn't get over the hump there. To Sandhausen, uh, they hosted Darmstadt and it was another Sandhausen win. They're up to third in the table as we into the international break. Eric Zenger scoring a typically crap 90s type goal. Um, it was a lot of ping-pong in the area, and eventually Zenga getting his first Sandhausen goal this season. Um, but we'll talk about Darmstadt for the reasons they were many, including mine, uh, a potential 
top five kind of team. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. It, it's, laughable, it's laughable now. Um, it's laughable now, but they have... Um, last few games have been really ordinary, and this one, they were a little bit better, but not too much. Yeah, I think Sandhausen is kind of continuing the good, uh, yeah, second half of the season of last year, and Darmstadt is not really since since that Osnabrück game. They seem very, yeah, careful of what they're doing, but a bit too careful maybe. Um, I think you clearly could see that Sandhausen was the dominant team here. Darmstadt never really did anything to change that or did anything to yeah improve their their kind of way how they're playing at the moment and yeah of course um the injury list in in Darmstadt is is very long so they as well as other teams for example um Wien which you come to later they're all happy that the that there is an international break coming up to just review the first five games, look at what can be changed. Although, of course, um, there can't be any new transfers. Transfers, But yeah, um, Darmstadt needs to take this break as well as Kiel, for example, to look how they could change to go back to winning days. 100%. It is needed, it is required, and... Um. Yeah, they need. They just need to reset. One hundred percent. It's been a tough few weeks for them. Of course, um, you know they started the season relatively well with the draw at Hamburg and then the home win um, on match day two. But it's been a bit of a bit of a, a struggle for them to get things going, especially forward. I mean, they're they're, they're sitting back quite deep and then trying to counter attack with regularity and it's just not really working for them at the moment. So back to the drawing board for Demetrius Gramotzis. Our last game of match day five to review. Probably not a lot to talk about in this one, but um we are here to talk about it nonetheless. Uh V Spartan nil. Jan Regensburg five. It is the second time in two seasons that Regensburg have travelled away and managed to score five sorry Hamburg fans, but to to bring it up but it's there. It's a stat. It has to be brought up. Marco Grutner scored a hat trick. Um, Moritz Kuhn owned goal, and Jan George, who'd resigned uh, in midweek prior to the game, um, who was a part of their Regnar Liga Bayern side, and he scored a much needed result for for Jan, uh, considering after the win at Bochum, they've been pretty ordinary. But for Wiesbaden. Four defeats in five. They've conceded 16 goals in those five games. So 3.3 a game. Um, and I'm sure this is... Uh, many Bielefeld fans might remember something similar happening to them under Rudy Gareem. Um, obviously, different team, different group of players. But either one constant is defensively, they are very, very ordinary. Yes, uh, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, yeah, you can definitely see some similarities here. Although when Riem was coach, we at least scored a bit more. So we had, like, for example, we just spoke about it. Um, the, for example, the Bielefeld-Hannover game where 
we somehow managed to score four times, but um, two of them were own goals by the same person. Really good. But no, it's they're really, really poor in everything they do. If you just look how Jan is scoring the goals, and Jan wasn't... They're not the best side this year. They had some really bad games as well. They and if you just look at the the way the goals are being scored, it's always the same. Although there might be enough defenders there, they don't do anything. They were I don't know if they were hoping for offside every time. It looks like it a bit, but it's horrible defending and nearly every time the same goal especially in the second half so yeah Wien really has to step up their game in in the international break and I still don't know whether Rüdiger Rehm is a good fit for the Zweite Bundesliga yeah it's not looking good for them yeah I'm glad you mentioned their defense they were another team like Bochum who on the deadline Decided to double down and back what they've got. The only deal they made was to bring in Stefan Eigner um, from uh, Kfz Erdogan from the uh, the Dritte Liga, which is a bit of a weird signing, but um, whatever works for them. Um, yeah, defensively they gave they basically threw in the towel, and um, some of the goals were were borderline laughable in in the way they were setting up, and and basically once they'd beaten the defensive line, Jan were just two or three men strong into the poor old goalkeeper who needed a lot needed a life jacket give give the man something because it was unbelievably hopeless but yeah good win for Jan much needed heading into the international break and they'll be looking to build upon from that two topic questions that have been uh, sent in from our wonderful listeners uh, our first one is from Danny from K Danny 41 on the Twitter Obviously, a Greuther Furt fan. He uh, asks after Furt's, you know, surprised a few people who thought they'd end up as one of the worst teams in the league. What do you think they can manage? Now, at the start of the season, in my predictor, I had them finishing fifteenth, and I still think they will finish fifteenth. Last season, Greuther Furt, around this time early on, getting into match day nine, they were second, and then they fell off the cliff. Now, they have a better squad than they did last year. Well, I will admit that. But I am more mindful that we've only played five games. There is a long way to go in the season. And anything can happen. So, um, so Danny, it's not that I don't think um, it's going to be, you know, as it is. You know, I just don't believe that. I just believe that there are 14 teams that are better than your mob at the moment. But... I'm happy to be proven wrong, as I was proven wrong last season. Uh, Eva, um, what's your take on the uh, the matter? Well, I would agree with you. If you look at last season, after five um, games, they were up second, as you said. And, well, who can forget that Yeah, second half of the season where they basically gave up everything um, and we're happy to stay in the league. So, as I said before, five games, it might be a good snap, like just a shot at the at the table, but it doesn't say anything. Look at HSV, for example, although they are a better team now than they were last year, but they were uh, top of the league at the same 
yeah, same time last year, and we all know how that went. So we have to be careful with predicting anything so far, and predictions are what they are in before the seasons even start. You just look at the teams, how they're built up, and honestly, if it wasn't built up that well, I, I do think that with people like Kogota, they they have really good players in yeah in in the team in the squad but i don't really see them overperforming 10th place or anything i have them 14th um don't really see them anywhere under that but not really much higher than that either yeah M- maybe take the solace that we don't have them relegated that cuz i had them relegated last season so um we wait and see on that one. Our last question is from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin Three. Says hello everybody. Uh, why do you think Bochum and Dresden are struggling so far this season? Uh, both teams are in the bottom four, four or five. Um, Eva, do you have an answer as to? I'll give you actually. I'll let you have Bochum as the team. I'll take Dresden. Why do you think Bochum have struggled so far this season? Well, I think first of all, um, their signings are in what they hoped maybe the best player, of course, which was be- there before was Ganvula. Um, I think some fans expected more from Osei Tutu, for example, but I think as we spoke um, in a chat earlier, um, that he might be quite similar to Jonathan Klaus actually who is put in defensively but he's way better offensively especially if he has someone like a duo he can build up to with Ganvula that they look really good and in many parts I think it's really good for them there's an international break they have some really really bad injuries in their team like for example Simon Sola I think some Bochum fans aren't really sad about the injury of Maya <laughs> um, it's they, it's I just hope with a new coach they find their way out there but yeah I think a lot of fans were also disappointed by the transfer window only getting Win- Vince Heimer a player that couldn't get past Bobby Wood um, at highest foul as, as a third striker. So, yeah, it's all a bit tough. Yeah, and um, they also missed out on Robert Joule, who they were trying to bring in on loan from Hoffenheim. He was obviously at Union Berlin last season uh, in their promotion uh, success. One thing I'll say about uh, uh, Jordi Ossi Tutu, who we mentioned... Um, he has the case of the Klaus, as I would call it. He's young, you know, on loan. Does excellently well in breaking the lines and going forward. And that's why he worked really well in the game against Stuttgart. Um, the problem being that he's been exposed on multiple occasions when he's played fullback. Uh, and it seems um, that's why they... Um, they had to go on the mark and they brought in uh, Christian Gombauer from um, formerly of, of Celtic. Uh, so then he can play further up the park. They have a, you know, a fullback who's more than comfortable to hold his own. Um, so I think having him in attacking areas is is certainly one thing that he'll benefit from, but also Bocker will benefit from, from his pace and his ability on the ball and, and something like that. Dresden, on the other hand, 
it's the same issue as last season. They uh, are able to create lots and lots and lots of chances. They've and this season they've had a lot more of the ball. Uh, they're in the top three in in possession per game, uh, up with the likes of Hamburg and Stuttgart. But they cannot con- They're not able to turn their dominance on a game into goals and points, and 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 that's the measure of of football is. Is, is is wins and losses, like any other sport. So, they've improved a lot in the short space of time under, under Christian File from the end of last season to, to the start of this season. But they're falling under the same sort of traps where they're just unable to get results. Um, so so their, their position on the table doesn't rep, isn't really representative of their performances. They've certainly been a lot better than... Uh, their points total um, certainly uh, showcases. Would you agree with that, Eva? Yeah, I think so. I think um, they, if you compare it to the beginning of the season or in some ways of last season, they just need to find their way back to some kind of ways. I think it's good that Kone is back scoring again. Yeah, it, but still, I think it's going to be a tough season for them. That it will be interesting to have a look and um, see what happens from there. That's all the time we have. We thank you for your company as always. We will be back next week to to preview all the action from match day six as the international break concludes. From Eva and myself, Matthew, it's a pleasure as always. And until next time, it's goodbye. <laughs>